This episode is brought to you by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Learn more at bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All right, welcome back. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, big day on the vaccine file. We got a news conference coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon, and we're mm -hmm. going to find out what BC is going to do with all this AstraZeneca vaccine. Is that right? Yes, yeah, so uh, we're getting 136,000 doses in uh, sometime in April. Right now, late April, but it could arrive any day. And I noticed uh, just uh, in the last hour, the United States announcing they're sending one and a yeah. half million doses of AstraZeneca to Canada. BC's share of that is about 200,000. So the United States is sharing their vaccine with us? Well, they haven't approved AstraZeneca down there. So oh. they're just shipping it north uh, because okay. there is an expiry date with, with some of these vaccines. So that's going to put added uh, vaccines into BC's hands. So the we're going to have two, we have two parallel immunization programs. Pfizer, Moderna uh, vaccines are on the age-based rollout for the right. most part, and yep. they were there for the uh, long-term care homes and such. That will continue to be. We, we've had people age 80 and over starting this week. They could register. Uh, now we're going to move into the 70s, uh, and we're talking about a huge swath of the population. These are hundreds of thousands of people uh, represent these age groups. So today also we're getting information on how the age rollout will change because we're getting more vaccines ahead of time and things are working actually better than had it been anticipated. The other thing with AstraZeneca, though, that's a, that's a different track, and that's going to go to targeted people, not as necessarily essential service workers. Let's get away from that phrase because essential what service. What is the lingo they use now? Well, I think they're going to use priori prioritized works places, oh. prioritized uh, uh occupations but they will include people like first responders i'm sure but so you know police officers and firefighters, firefighters I, I you mean, think they'll be there? i think they'll be in that group yeah. the question is what about other groups you've got other interest groups the bc teachers federation saying well we should be in there too well if you give teachers a uh, shot ahead of time you'd have to give qp support staff you'd have to give school administrators so that's a much larger pool of people than just teachers but maybe who knows? Maybe they, they qualify for that again. These AstraZeneca will be administered not on an age basis. It will be administered very quickly on these targeted occupations around the province. Okay, 1 o'clock this afternoon is when that news conference is scheduled. You can tell it's fairly big because uh, the Premier, John Horgan, is going to be there. He, he only shows up when it's a significant announcement like that. Okay, speaking of Horgan, I had some interesting things to say yesterday. Let me play this clip for you. This really jumped out at me, and I know it did for you too. And, and Horgan was asked yesterday... If people have received the vaccine and, and other people have not, for people who have not received the vaccine, could they face restrictions on what they what they can do? And here's here was his answer. Have a listen. We will be making changes as more people get vaccinated. Uh, those that have been vaccinated will have a bit more flexibility, of course, because they're less risk to the people around them, uh, and the people around them are are, are less risk to, to them. Okay, what does that mean? Where is he yeah, going with that? I don't know about that. That's that's interesting. It, it may be applicable to some place like a long-term care home where everybody's vaccinated and they are going to be opening up. Maybe they loosen the visiting rules. Loosen the visiting yeah. rules. That's one example. I can't think of many more examples, though, where you'd have a situation where someone has been vaccinated and someone hasn't and one person gets to do something 
and the other person Well, how doesn't. do you prove it? you got to carry around proof Well, now? that's where things get a little sticky. So this is going to come up at the 1 o'clock briefing. It's going to be interesting to see Dr. Henry's view of this uh, position, whether or not. You know, we sometimes see Horgan kind of blurt things out kind of off the yeah. cuff that he walks back later. Yeah, he, there's been a couple of times. I remember back in the summer, uh, early or late spring last year, he said, now is the time to travel in B.C., and yeah. those of us who are at these briefings all the time sort of sat back and went, wait a minute, no, that's not right. Yeah, he gets stuff wrong <laughs> he, was, he was sort of two weeks ahead of himself there. I remember yeah. him telling a caller that uh, they could go down to their cabin in Washington State and lock it up and, the, but, and come back and self and quarantine before then. I said, no, that's not quite what, no, that's not what the rule yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, So now, again, um, maybe this is a public health uh, rule going forward, but again, that's the first time I've okay. heard that type of Okay, we'll see. Maybe maybe he'll will expand on this point this afternoon. Let's play another Horgan clip here from yesterday. Here he is talking about how well the, the vaccine rollout is going. Have a listen. We believe that the vaccination program is in really good place right now. We've been accelerating uh, stages as we've seen more supply come on stream. Uh, but the persistent caseload of about 500 uh, to 550 uh, over the past number of weeks is disconcerting. I'm confident that we're on the right track. It's a very good question, and I appreciate uh, why people would say these, these hospitalizations are, are creeping up. Uh, but it has been a slow increase, and as we uh, start to vaccinate more, uh, we'll see a reduction in caseloads and hopefully a reduction in hospitalizations as well. Okay, it's kind of a strange time because we see a lot of optimism with the vaccine, but mm -hmm. at the same time, we continue to see this plateau of like, what, are we still like, 500. Ticking around 500 yep. a day. Yeah, 498 yesterday, 556 yep. the day before. Yes, and this is not unique to BC. We're seeing this in Washington State, for example. They've actually seen a lot more people on a percentage basis than BC has, yet their caseload continues to be very high. Huh. 938 yesterday, for example. So it's going to take some time. Uh, to get enough vaccines in the arms of people to have a real for for the vaccines themselves on their own to make a dent in the spread of the virus, but uh, I still think there's room for optimism because the no number of doses coming into BC is higher than had been anticipated. You go back a month ago, it was very uncertain. What like where is Pfizer? Where where is Moderna? Where you know suddenly we now are going to be awash with 682,000 doses of Pfizer and Moderna. Um, in the next month or so, plus what could be now 300,000 plus doses of AstraZeneca. We need 4.3 million people inoculated. We've got 357,000 individuals as of uh, the day before yesterday. I expect we'll hit 400,000 fairly quickly and then a half a million. Okay, speaking of targeted workers to receive priority access to the vaccine, let's have a listen to the mayor of Whistler here. This is Jack Crompton here talking about the plan to vaccinate workers who are in many cases living in very close yes. quarters in Whistler. So here's the Whistler mayor. Late last week, Vancouver Coastal Health also informed us that they will be vaccinating community members living in staff housing and high density shared housing, a segment of our community that has seen uh, the highest COVID-19 transmission. This is extraordinarily good news for our community. Okay, your thoughts? Yeah, so the basic fundamental underpinning uh, philosophy and scientific basis of vaccination is you want as many people vaccinated as possible. And you want people who are in the most vulnerable situations vaccinated as quickly as possible. So that applies to prisons. This is why prisoners are getting vaccinated ahead of p other people because they live in very close quarters with each other. That's why homeless camps are getting vaccinated. Again, the virus uh, is transmitted more effectively in those situations. And this is why Whistler workers are getting vaccinated because in that particular work site, 
Anybody who's had a relative or a kid living in Whistler knows they live 14 to a to I believe an you have, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, 14 people to an A-frame <laughs> cabin. Yeah. You know, they live in crawl spaces and closets, and there's so many of them grouped together. And once the virus gets in there, it hits everyone all at once. So that's why they're being vaccinated. And that's why you've got different work sites, you know, the glass factory now that got a lot of attention last week because and food processing plants in particular you're going to see some farms get vaccinated ahead of the uh, the age-based population and it's all to uh, to stem the spread of the virus because it can spread very quickly in groups of people living and working in very close quarters with each other okay let me get your take on a story that we covered on yesterday's show and that is the government of alberta unleashing its legendary war room as they call it onto this uh, animated movie that's very popular on Netflix right now <laughs> called Bigfoot Family. Now, this movie, it's a kid's movie, but the Alberta government mad as hell because they say it depicts the oil industry mm -hmm. in a very unflattering light. So it, it depicts a, an oil company executive, for example, who orders his minions to go out and, and actually kill Okay, some protesters who are worried about uh, drilling in this pristine Alaska wilderness. Bigfoot family. So now I had yesterday, I had a really interesting guest on the show yesterday. His name is Tom Olson. He is the CEO of the Canadian Energy Centre, which is the government-funded war room yep. from the Jason Kenney government in Alberta. Now here's what he said about this Bigfoot family movie on the show yesterday. The message is, Evil uh, oil companies are evil, and they will stop at nothing, including murdering children, to uh, destroy the environment uh, and kill all of the cute talking animals, all in the name of, of profit. Now, when this was first brought to me by my team, I was I was a little doubtful until I watched the movie. It, it is nonstop. Okay, that's what uh, the head of the war room in Alberta said yesterday. What do you think about this? Well, I think it's an overreaction, but it's guaranteed more people are going to view this thing than would have viewed it otherwise. I mean, you don't give oxygen to your enemy, and that's what uh, well, the war room has done. Well, I actually put that to him yesterday because after Alberta went on, on uh, declared war on this movie, it actually moved up the list on Netflix in their top <laughs> ten. So it actually had more people watching it. And I said, has this thing backfired on you? More people are watching it now. And he said, no, that's actually a good good thing because it shows that our message is getting through and people are paying attention mm. to this and they're checking it out and they're going to find they're going to find out the truth that this is like anti-oil propaganda this is not some kids innocent kids movie alberta is in a very strange situation it has been for some time they're on the wrong side of the equation i think in public opinion when it comes to issues like this perhaps the film is obviously exaggerated in terms of killing well what you think yeah, yeah, yeah i mean exactly. it's, it's exaggerated but the war room of jason kenny is also an exaggeration i mean they are they are trying to beat any critique of the oil industry or fossil fuel industry not allow any debate any argument the fossil fuels might not be a good thing for the planet and well, it's just not going well for them okay well the jason kenny is taking a lot of ridicule for this like oh you're going after uh, a kid's movie this is ridiculous you're spending taxpayers money I, I encourage people just maybe watch this movie like go and check it out like i watched a good chunk of it the other night and yeah i mean it is kind of shocking in a way how this uh, oil company is portrayed the ceo mm -hmm. is just e like, evil mr burns has yeah, got mr. nothing burns. on this guy <laughs> He is absolutely evil, and they've got this plan to blow up a bomb under this pristine Alaska wilderness to bring all the oil to the surface and flood this valley and, and kill all these cute talking animals. Like, it's pretty wild. Well, so do, do they not have a right to be upset about that? 
I'm not sure you spend tax dollars being upset about that. I mean, everybody's got a right to be upset about anything they want to be upset about. But for Alberta taxpayers to suddenly fund a war room like that that just gets hysterical about so many things is... is Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with GlobalX ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Dubious. All right, welcome back. Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Let's go right to your phone calls. Damien in Kelowna. Hi. Hi, Mike. Um, I haven't actually seen the film yet, Bigfoot Family. I, uh, I would like to, but uh, I just wanted to say I think that the Alberta government and their war room is uh, overreacting. Um, in my experience with the oil industry and these pipeline projects, they brutalize protesters in quite significant ways. I remember very specifically what happened with the Wet'suwet'en up north in BC in 2019 and 2020 when the, when the RCMP descended upon peaceful, unarmed Indigenous protesters, mostly women and elders. Uh, the RCMP were militarized. The protesters were unarmed. It, I don't think okay. it's that far of a stretch. And on top of that... Well, wait, I mean, wait a sec. Is it really that... If it's not that far of a stretch... I mean, the movie is about this uh, this corrupt oil company that wants to kill protesters, okay? Not just move them off the road from a barricade. They're going out well, to kill them. Well, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's important to take a look at how some of these oil pipelines and the protests have been dealt with, not only here in Canada, but around the world. Because I know... Okay that those are tactics that are used in other countries okay, in the Damien, world. Damien, thank you for the call. Your yeah, well, not here. I mean, there's, there's no evidence of you know, oil companies killing people in, in Canada because of pipeline. Well, they also don't blow up bombs underground to no. flood valleys no, it's, full it, of it's crude It's a cartoon oil. that's exaggerated, I mean, it's obviously, to make a point, uh, to vilify the oil industry. But, but it's not much of a stretch from... Just the protest well, took place before the pandemic. Well, I had Peter McCartney on the show yesterday from the Wilderness okay. Committee, and he had a great line. He said, look, this is a, a cartoon movie about a family with a talking pet grizzly bear. It's not, <laughs> not, it's a, documentary. not a documentary. Not a documentary. Let's go to Victor in Coquitlam. Hey, Victor. Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, uh, more to the point of yesterday with regard to the vaccine rollout, yeah. Um, I think the uh, I think the BC government's got to get out of their way. They're trying to control too much. We've got to get this into the hands of the pharmacists to get this going as quick as possible. And for God's sake, I don't know why they haven't uh, what they're delaying that about. The pharmacies have been giving out flu shots for for uh, you know thirty years or something like that. They're professionals. They know how to do it. And yeah. just get the BC government out of the way. With I to- totally agree with you on the pharmacies, but it's coming, I think, though. Well, Keith. the pharmacists are going to be part of the plan. Uh, the pr- the challenge with Pfizer is it requires deep, deep refrigeration. No pharmacy has any. Uh, we're not talking about a refrigerator. We're talking about deep refrigeration. But 
What, pharmacies don't, pharmacies don't no, have those? Not, no. Okay. Uh, this was one of the challenges with Pfizer. We actually had to build these deep storage capacity. No, uh, these are very unique refrigeration facilities. But Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, uh, and to a lesser degree Moderna don't have the same requirements. And right. so uh, pharmacies are very much going to be part of the roll-up plan. That could be announced today, tomorrow? Yeah, uh, maybe today. Like Dix, Dix was saying, wait till later in the week. Yeah, it, so. he, yeah, it could come today. The pharmacists will be told that where they play uh, a okay. role. Now, right now, pharmacists are doing injections, but just not in their pharmacies. They are part of the immunization clinics. Right. Let's go to Cliff on the line in Ladner. Hey, Cliff. Hi, guys. How are you Hi. today? I'm good. You got a minute. Uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm absolutely in favor of restricting people who don't get the shot. I think healthcare workers, I think people who live in old age homes, work in old age homes, shouldn't be allowed to work there unless they have the shot. I think there should be a COVID passport, absolutely, for travel in and out of Canada. Uh, I think anybody who doesn't do that are just putting everybody else at risk for their own hubris mm -hmm. or whatever the hell it is. Okay, Cliff, thanks for the call, 37. Yeah, we may be headed that way. Uh, we've never had a mandatory vaccination uh, program in Canada uh, pre-pandemic or during this pandemic, but there has been talk of a, a vaccination passport being uh, required to do certain things. We And again, it was early days on this. We're just starting our vaccination rollout. And, and then it'll end up in court with a constitutional challenge. Oh, probably. Uh, yeah. But again, it's going to be interesting how you actually make it work in society if someone who's vaccinated and someone who's not in, in regulating their activities.